0: Welcome to Wellness and Weight Loss with Dr. Susan, sponsored by the Norwin Wellness Center, located in North Huntingdon. Dr. Susan Plank is an expert in natural remedies for weight loss and digestive health issues. To talk to Dr. Plank with your health questions, call 412-825-6262. That's 412-825-6262. And now, Wellness and Weight Loss with Dr. Susan. Welcome. Good morning,
1: everybody. Welcome to Wellness and Weight Loss. I'm Dr. Susan Plank. I am the founding director, and I'm still the director of the Normal Wellness Center located in North Huntington. If you want to reach me at the office anytime, 724-863-5420, I'm always happy uh, to try and jump on a call with folks and and get problems solved uh, quickly. Uh, trust me, I know what it's like if you, uh, you have questions about your health and you keep thinking, I need to do something, I should do something, and yet we put it off and we put it off and we put it off. And when you finally say, today's the day, I can't take it anymore, I need answers, I'm tired of feeling lousy, and you call and then you're left hanging, right? So uh, I don't want to leave you hanging. Um, Multiple ways to reach out to me through my website, normwellness.com. Facebook is always great, Uh, Dr. Plank's Norm Wellness Facebook page. I've got some great questions, thyroid, so continue, please. If you have questions, reach out to me there. Uh, And obviously, to call the office, 724 863 5420. So, and, and I do, you guys do, you're very informed. Um, partners in this, and uh, that's the way I like to think of you as, as partners. I'm not here if <laughs> if uh, you don't need me, right? If you don't need information and you don't need guidance, uh, I'm not here. So we're definitely partners. And so in in trying to get you the best information, uh, if you want to give me a call during this uh, radio broadcast, it's 412 825 6262 Again, 412-825-6262. And I know it can be intimidating to make a call, but you don't have to give them your name. You just, you know, you can call in and it's, I always say, if you have the question, somebody else has the same question, at least one other person, and hopefully I have some semblance of an answer for you. So, I do want to start off with Answering uh, the questions that did come in, so we're we're continuing sort of our discussion about thyroid. And so I did a uh, a post on uh, Facebook uh, last week uh, that a lot of folks don't know that if you're taking biotin, uh, that can interfere with thyroid lab results. And so I really want you to pay attention to this, is because If you're suffering from thyroid symptoms, number one, it's usually hair, nails, right? Those types of things. That's exactly why people turn around and buy and take biotin. And yet biotin can and will give us sort of false readings on thyroid labs. So please make sure... If you're going, I want you to be educated. If you're going, you know, in the in the near future to get some thyroid labs done, of course it depends, really, what they're doing. Um, if it's just a doc that's going to do just the general TSH, we're not going to see too much interference. But if you're one that you you know you're really you're really getting into this, you're really digging for answers. Uh, when we get into the T3, T4, and you're getting those tested, you want to stop the biotin before you get tested. You definitely want to give it a couple of days. Um, I always think the longer the better. So uh, I'd say two days minimum, honestly, two days minimum if you could. And if you can do longer, um, by all means, um, please do so. You know it's also one of those things that i want to I want to talk about this uh, briefly, as much as I don't want someone to experience um, symptoms of not if they're if they're taking Centaid if they're taking levothyroxine, but when when I have someone that is taking it and they want to see, hey, can I go a more natural route? Can I go and and so, What happens is, if you're taking that medication and getting your thyroid checked, there's no easy way to answer that question, can you go naturally, because we're truly testing that medication in your body, right? So, this is one of those ones, too, if if your, you know, if your doc's going to order thyroid medication up or down, too high, too low, something like that. You know, you want to have the dose that you're taking consistent before you get to labs. If you're one of those ones you want to see, can I go without the medication for whatever reason you think that is possible uh, or it's a discussion you've had with your doc, then I think you need to look at having the labs done without the medication in your system because we need an honest, honest um, result of how is your system working without the medication. But again, um, you know, I'm always sort of suspect of results if, it's, if we're looking at just solely a TSH. It doesn't give us a lot of information. But I think at this point, you guys pretty much know that. Now, another question, um, It's not it it's happens more often than you think, uh, but a lot of folks who don't necessarily have this system is difficulty in swallowing. Um so it's not necessarily painful for some people it can be, but it's more of uh it's difficulty in swallowing. And this can happen for a couple of different reasons. One is inflammation of the thyroid. So remember we said last week the thyroid's like a butterfly shape, it sits right in the right in the front, lower in the in the neck. So if it becomes inflamed, which can happen with low iodine. If it becomes inflamed, uh, that swallowing mechanism with the, with the esophagus and the larynx, they're both sort of layered on top of each other behind the thyroid, that can make it more difficult. There's also, um, you know, in our development, in our field development, the thyroid gland actually drops down. It starts out sort of up in at the back of the tongue. And as we develop as a fetus uh, and then, you know, in the womb, that thyroid gland actually drops. Well, some of the tissue might actually be um, still, it can, it can sort of stay there and not necessarily drop down. Uh, so if, and that's, that's again, a little bit rare, but it's, it's folks can have these symptoms that if it's sort of at the back of the tongue, base of the mouth and the back, that might be an issue as well, that there might be some thyroid tissue that when you were younger, when you were um, developing, that it didn't drop down in in the throat. So um, some other questions we had uh, other than the biotin and sort of things because the biotin question and how I threw that out, um, I did get some inquiries on that. So I wanted to also let you guys know that birth control pills um, can affect thyroid function. Now, this is what we're going to spend the majority talking about today. Birth control pills don't necessarily well; they can they can lower the levels of the three the free thyroid hormones, so that T four T three the free version that I said it, you know it's not bound. So, birth control pills can affect those but they also affect the thyroid function in that they deplete some very important cofactors needed for the thyroid. Uh, and and so we're looking at selenium and tyrosine. So I want you to be aware that, that um, you know, also in birth control pills is some lactose. So if you're, sensitive to lactose, if you're sensitive to dairy, uh, again, when we're talking about chronic illness and chronic sort of burden of inflammation uh, on organs, birth control pills can be uh, an underlying cause of disrupting thyroid function because they affect the cofactors. So um, again, great, great, great questions. Please keep them. Please keep them coming. I just love it. And um, and so yeah, let's just sort of dive in then. So we've talked TSH, right? T three, T four. The T three, four are the actual thyroid hormones, and they're made out of iodine. So. Iodine is obviously very important. And we talked last week how it's, it's stored in the thyroid gland. There's four iodine molecules, so it's known as T4. When it leaves storage from the thyroid and goes to the circulation, actually go out to the cells, our intestines and, you know, our heart and every place else it's going, it becomes T3. And one of those iodine molecules are cleaved off. Um, but there used to be, actually, when I was a kid, there used to be, um, a fairly common, like a, uh, uh, known as the goiter belt here in the United States. And interestingly enough, it was, you know, middle, pretty much in the middle of the United States and north. So if you put the whole northern part of the United States, it was, it fell into what was known as the goiter belt. And the reason that was is because the soil uh, is deficient in iodine. And uh, any of the plants, crops grown um, there were deficient in iodine. So we saw folks routinely um, in that big swath of the United States uh, developing goiters, which is this inflammation, this puffiness in the front of the throat over, it actually is a thyroid gland getting larger. So, number one, I want you to realize that our body needs the iodine. It can't make iodine. It needs iodine in our diet. But I prefer we get it in our diet, right? Anything I prefer we get in our diet, but we already sort of touched on the issue is the soil was lacking, you know, a century ago in iodine. And so that became why folks use iodized salt is to, it became a way to get iodine into the diet. Now, fast forward sort of the last few years, we've had the introduction of sea salt and Himalayan salt and these different salts. But I want you to realize they don't have iodine. In them. And I recently sort of did my own little experiment, and it took me four different grocery stores to find iodized salt. So it's not even that necessarily that easy to find anymore. And not all salt is iodized salt. If you go out for a meal, if you go out to eat soon, (laughs) if you get to go out to eat soon, Uh, the salt on your food in a restaurant is not going to be iodized salt. It's not necessarily a mass-used thing. And so what we're seeing is we're starting to see now a dip where we didn't, for the last century, didn't necessarily have to worry about iodine deficiency in the United States. We're actually seeing it becoming more common again. And it's really showing up in um, pregnant women because, again, uh, it's necessary. We have to have it in our diet. And uh, fetuses need it, right? It needs cognition for growth. The other reason is the foods that naturally contain iodine are going to be... um, fish, dairy, meat. So as we have all these sort of different um, um, food, you know, sort of dietary recommendations for folks, the more we have folks move away from animal sources of protein, so more being a vegetarian or a vegan, they're even apt using, getting less iodine in their diet. So therefore there's more need. Uh, for supplementation of it, and then lastly, too, we've had this um, knowledge, right? This connection of heart disease with salt, and so naturally, folks with hypertension they want to decrease their salt intake, and so we have multiple reasons then uh, why we're seeing a decreased use of iodized salt, and therefore. Iodine deficiency is is making a comeback, and it wouldn't surprise me at all in the next three to five years, as things continue, that we're going to see sort of this goiter belt reemerge when we really haven't we really haven't had to be that concerned about it. So a little iodine we, we spoke of, a little iodine is good. I know some of you, trust me, I know some of you think, well, if a little is good, a lot is better. Not with iodine. So a little is good. If you're deficient, you're going to have thyroid issues. If it's excessive, you're going to have thyroid issues. So what happens with a deficiency in the development of a goiter is that thyroid gland will actually increase in size. Um, and so, I, you know, on one I really take in, I'm a very visual person, and so I, I've joked about it before when we could go to the malls and things. I, I always hated going to the mall um, because, you know, I would I was looking at every single person that, that walked past. I'm checking out, do they have their eyebrows? Do they have their, you know, how are they walking? What's twisted? What's contorted? Do they have a puffy neck? You know, I'm taking in all this information of just strangers walking past, so it's not necessarily enjoyable for me to go out and be in in public because that's the information that I'm taking in. But that puffiness, so we naturally have creases, you know, across horizontal creases in our neck. And you will see uh, with some folks Next time you're watching the news, there's a, there's a couple you know political personalities and news personalities. I'd love to say, hey, you know y- you've got some thyroid issue going on there, is you will actually see those those horizontal creases in their neck. they'll They'll start to stretch and even try to disappear, or it'll look like a band almost of excess weight, almost like a band of fatty tissue. In someone's neck. Like now it's it's gotten so swollen that there's folds there. That's somebody that has a serious thyroid issue. That's someone that most likely um, if, if it's not an iodine deficiency, you have some degree of inflammation. I mean a large degree, but they gotta they gotta find out what the heck's going on there. So those are things to look for. So you know you might not be able to look at yourself closely in the mirror right now, but if you look at yourself or now you look at pictures from the past, 10, 20 years ago, is this puffy on you? Is the creases of your neck differently? Um, does it feel fuller? Is it a little bit harder to swallow routinely? Do blouses or guys' shirts, is your, you know, your shirt size, not that didn't necessarily we're getting dressed up that much anymore, but is the neck size, uh, do you need a different neck size? So these are the things, just little hints, I want you to pay attention for. Uh, uh, I do routinely test for for iodine. Uh, I do like levels in a certain amount, and I'm not going to ever tell someone they do or don't have a thyroid condition until I've seen an iodine level. That's how important it is to me. So um, you know those are those are just sort of some handy little tidbits. Uh, I'd say that I want you to to keep in mind. The other part is is some practitioners uh, think that hey, you can you can back up the truck with iodine. It doesn't it doesn't really matter how much you take. Uh, and I'll tell you, there isn't there is a mechanism that the thyroid has to auto regulate. So if I turn around and you know swallowed a lot of iodine. That, um, you know, the thyroid can self-regulate to keep it healthy, but it can't do it chronically. Uh, I think we have a caller. Caller, are you there? Nope, my mistake. So so what I want then is we want sort of a fine-tuned approach, and it's always much better if you do suspect thyroid that the iodine level is checked because that's exactly, right, that's exactly what our thyroid hormones are made out of and taking too much of it taking too much iodine if you have Hashimoto's which we've talked about is an inflammatory condition but it's routinely medications are used for Hashimoto's which maybe potentially don't need to be if you're taking too much iodine with Hashimoto's it, 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 we're 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 looking at a potentially Bad situation, right? It, it's it's we're looking at potential long-term damage uh, and f- at a faster rate for the thyroid. So, the body's mm-hmm. mechanism is truly brilliant, and hats off to our creator. Is if you're on the lower end as an iodine deficiency. Like we just said, that thyroid gland is going to get larger, but it also starts to work harder. So it's going to try to continue to make and regulate the iodine. It'll try to reuse what it has, what the body, what it's there, it'll try to reuse it if there's not a new supply of iodine. And... What will happen then is we can start to see focal areas of that chronically hyper functioning thyroid become overactive. And those are nodules. So folks with thyroid nodules, more likely than not, have an iodine deficiency. But please listen to the rest of what I'm going to say. If you have those thyroid nodules, I am not saying it's okay to turn around and start taking iodine because you don't have any idea what your level is or how much you need. And so now, again, if you put iodine in on Hashimoto's or a thyroid nodular disease and you're just doing it willy-nilly, you're going to end up with a hyperactive thyroid. It's much, much harder to control a hyperactive thyroid, one that's chronically active. It's chronically, it's chronically active because typically it's starving. It's starving for the nutrients and the cofactors it needs to work. And I want you to, I want you guys to really understand that. So, so this is where I'm sort of particular, as much as trust me, I love the use supplements and we have less side effects, in the case of iodine and thyroid, it's not one that I would ever recommend if I don't have a test result to hang my hat on. I just wouldn't do it. And if it was me with a thyroid condition, I would not do it. And so I'm not going to advise you to do it either. So iodine, very, very important, obviously. Another one selenium. Selenium is a cofactor. Selenium can also be used to actually bring down a hyperthyroid, right? A thyroid that's overacting. Putting in selenium can help bring that down. Um, And selenium has actually been linked to increased rates of Hashimoto's. Selenium also is found in seafood, meat, things like that. You're going to find it in some grains or the iodine. You just don't typically. So again, it's folks with specific dietary um, choices. Um, They might tend to be more deficient. So you can imagine if we have a younger woman taking birth control pills, it's a vegan or vegetarian, it potentially has a weight issue with a thyroid issue. Boy, we have, we have a lot going on there, right? But, but, Those choices in the use of the birth control pills are definitely going to aggravate the thyroid condition, which is definitely going to add to the weak gain. Okay? So I I hope you're starting to get like a a little bit of a fuller, fuller picture here. So a decrease, a low selenium level will put you at risk Hashimoto's, goiter, and even Graves disease, a hyperactive thyroid. okay? So benign thyroid disease, meaning sometimes they say, "Well, you know, hey, we're going to keep an eye on it." If you hear that, we're gonna we're gonna keep an eye on it, meaning we're not ready to give you medication yet. That's pretty much what that means. If we're in that realm, that's definitely when these cofactors need to be checked. If it's someone that has the trouble swallowing, If it's someone that has had the diagnosis of Hashimoto's, that's when we need the iodine and these cofactor selenium checked. So um, things that I want you to be cautious with thyroid. Bromine, stay away from it. Potassium bromate, it's in hamburgers and hot dogs and, you know, flour. Bad news for the thyroid. Stay away from it. The other ones we need for the thyroid, bromine, no. Mountain Dew, Gatorade, um, Squirt, Fresca, sort of those citrus flavored um, sodas, they tend to contain um, high fructose corn syrup and um, brominated vegetable oil. Those are hard on the thyroid. Um, one that you probably, you guys probably already know because you're so educated, methyl bromide, uh, which you're going to see in as an ingredient in pesticides. Um, so not only does iodine not we can't find it in our in our soil, but hey let's let's put the bad stuff um so we we don't have the good support for the thyroid, but let's put the pesticides on the ground um and really screw up people's uh, thyroid and then quickly, because I know we're we're running out of time here, folks, um I want you to be aware of of lithium. Lithium is used to treat. Bipolar disorder, okay? It's it's acute manias and and you know depressions and bipolar, and lithium is really tough on the thyroid, okay? So so again, if we take that same female population, and I'm not singling, I am sort of am singling that, guys, but women tend to be more to preponderance, a higher rate of thyroid disorders than the guys do, we have that hormone connection, the birth control connection. We have, you know, the the higher use, uh, higher prescription of antidepressants and bipolar. Um, We have changes in eating habits to try to control the weight. Uh, The use of birth control pills. So lithium... um, It really wants to deplete the zinc, which we need again for thyroid and we need for our immune system. So uh, again, a thyroid disorder is not ever just a hormonal issue, um, but we got cofactors. We got to concern about inflammation. We have to be concerned about, and uh, and it's time for me to go. So I've um, I enjoyed it as I always do. Questions, call the office, 724-863-5420. Thank you so much for your time and your patience and always tuning in. I truly appreciate it. Have a great weekend, everybody. Take care.
0: Thanks for listening to Wellness and Weight Loss with Dr. Susan, hosted by Dr. Susan Plank of the Norwin Wellness Center in North Huntingdon. Dr. Plank is an expert in natural remedies for weight loss and digestive health issues. To make an appointment with Dr. Susan Plank of the Norwin Wellness Center, call 724-863-5420. That's 724-863-5420. And listen again for another edition of Wellness and Weight Loss with Dr. Susan, sponsored by the Norwin Wellness Center in North Huntingdon, here on KHB Radio.